0: it's time now for keeping it 100 with dory sponsored by the derek olivier institute keeping it real with dory is designed to analyze discuss and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community now let's go to the studios here's our show host edmund davis
1: Let the course begin. Hey, everybody, this is Professor Ed Davis here welcoming you to Keeping It 100 with Dory here on Buffalo Radio. Of course, uh, we have plenty of things to talk about, but before we get started, uh, we're going to make this, uh, making history one generation at a time. We are broadcasting live from Arkansas Baptist College in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We are just three lights away from the Arkansas State Capitol building, the seat of power in a natural state keeping it 100 with dory comes on every thursday from 6 p.m to 7 p.m central standard time on buffalo radio we are the newest hbcu radio station in the country we are america's only known weekly radio hour that discusses black male homicides as the number one killer of black males ages 1 through 44 united states now before we go any further we got to have an opening prayer father god we thank you for allowing us and blessing us to make it here today father god we thank you in jesus name for not just life but for employment for health we thank you for our special guests uh dr uh augustine billy we thank you for our family we thank you for arkansas baptist college we thank you for centenary college in louisiana we thank you for all these things as we hope and pray to say the right words to use them at the right times and for the right solutions and having a right mindset moving forward so we're going to be uh, very thankful for you in jesus name we pray amen okay Now, of course, um, if you're a first time listener to Keeping It 100 with Dory, this is the media extension of Dory. For those who never heard, Dory is an acronym for the Derek Olivier Research Institute. Uh, And what do we promote? It's an intentional effort to grow and maintain healthy relationships with others and ourselves, being committed to a lifestyle of integrity, to speak truth with no malintentions, even when drama leads to drama. Okay, that's right. Sometimes folks that don't know, drama leads to trauma okay this program is buffalo radio therapy especially for black males some use barbershops okay not only for grooming but also for a peace of mind for conversation for listening ears for advice and of course man space yes it's a social pretty much like a social stock exchange of information is what barbershops are and guess what so it's keeping it 100 okay So of course, the barbershop does this for African-American males. So Keeping It 100 does this for all people, but in particular, uh, black Americans. And especially, we talk about black males, especially when we're talking about enhancing our emotional IQs, when we're talking about not just emotional IQs, but also issues dealing with, uh, you know, our cultures and things and how we respond responsibly and things of that sort. So again, this is important that we talk about it moving forward. And so of course, uh, I still see black males uh, as victorious more than victims, okay? As we keep it, what? 100, that's right. Podcast us if you missed us. I'm your host for this hour where you will be empowered. I am Ed Davis assistant professor of history and director of Dory where being real is the deal. We are the Godzilla. That's right, folks. We are the Godzilla of radio shows. Ah! And we always wanted to do that, okay? When it comes to issues with black males and safety, all right, that's important to us it's important to me it's important to america so we stay in our lane and give god the game that's what we do here so out of our announcement segment we have a few positive announcements and that's what we try to do uh, buck o'neill john buck o'neill of course one of the pioneers of uh, baseball african-american uh, patriarch if you will when it comes to a major league baseball he's going to be inducted into the hall of fame and so for those who don't uh, know um, his name is pretty much uh, etched in, in and a lot of folklore but primarily when it comes to baseball uh, he's a pioneer and so it's good to know that he is going to uh the baseball hall of fame and also um i want to give a shout out to uh not just arkansas baptist college but all the hbcus here in arkansas that's philander smith college that's uh uapb and that's shorter college okay the uh, furious four if you will here in uh, central arkansas i want to give a shout out to them under my announcement okay so we're going to move on to the professor Davis says segment and of course i have to give my disclaimer folks all right my disclaimer because my comments are my opinions but of course they're centered on facts and not just the uh, feelings or emotions all right so i want to be careful with that uh these comments are, are from me uh, as a man as a taxpayer as a voter as a dad as a hu- as a husband okay not abc arkansas baptist college or keeping it 100. so of course i found out today of another murder and uh this was slim 400 a rapper out of the uh, california area i believe uh he was killed yesterday if not uh yesterday early this morning and so it just grieves my spirit to to hear all these uh, stories about people dying of course most of them look like me and um definitely there's a connection there but um i was told that he was promoting a song or an album, and I looked at the album cover, which has a uh, tombstone on it. And of course, he's with Young Dolph, who was a rapper who was just uh, slain a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, he's from the Memphis area that's about two hours uh, west of us here, right here in central Arkansas, Little Rock. And so, again, just to kind of recap what I just said for those who just now tuned in, these two rappers are on a cover of an album cover. Uh, with Tombstone, and um, one was just killed no more than 24 hours ago, the other one was killed a couple of weeks ago, and uh, of course, most people may not see this, or may most people may not agree with this, but uh, this record will sell, okay? You profiteer off of the death of of, of people, black males in particular, and uh, of course, this record will probably go platinum it will sell uh, and make a lot of money, make their record producers and executives uh, filthy rich. Now I made some comments on social media earlier about this and uh, I wanted to go ahead and you know, touch bases with what I said and I talked about how you know, we're the only people in America that you know, are given a green light to uh, talk about killing ourselves, whether it's African American males talking about killing each other and being disrespectful to our women And uh, it's promoted, and it's sold, it's packaged, and it's a product, and people make money off of it. And uh, of course, uh, it's a billion dollar industry. But to say all that, um, many years ago, the government, the feds went after tobacco companies, because guess what, smoking is linked to uh, what? Death, okay? So of course, we know it's illegal to smoke in buildings. I believe George Walker Bush put into effect in 1991 some smoking laws where you can't just smoke anywhere at all times and so of course why can't if not congress why can't you know people in politics you know do something along those lines as it relates to us talking about killing each other okay now of course we know they hold the artists accountable but they don't hold record companies accountable the funders behind it the record executives and so i'm putting them on blast right now uh, but again we all should be accountable for what we say and what we do and i can't point the finger at nobody because those persons didn't pull the trigger but again they're profiting off of uh, this foolishness out here in the streets and so again that's a uh, you know comments from the professor david says segment for uh keeping it 100 because i have to keep it 100 with y'all okay i didn't grow up to this kind of a music it's murder music it's uh you know lyrics that talk about a lot of negative things and uh you know I just I just know it's, it's unhealthy it's ungodly and that's one thing we could do here at keeping it 100 just talk about godly things it's murder music it's death beats it's sinister sounds it's traumatic tunes it's poison poetry uh, and I can keep going on and on and on with that okay so again that's my uh tune uh for uh, that part okay so again uh we have to go ahead and close out what the, Professor Davis says and now let's get to the meat and bones of this I have online everybody, okay? This person here has just been uh, on my mind as far as what she's been doing. Her academic pedagogy is an, is pretty much a bar to none, okay? Uh, we're talking about America's historically celebrated and newest tenured associate professor at Centenary College, Dr. Andy Augustine Billy, AKA Dr. Abe. She is uh, of course known uh, throughout you know, her pedagogy, again, what she's done, she's earned that Uh, tenure position it wasn't given to her she earned it and uh, definitely um we're going to give her uh, the mic here in a second but i'm gonna go ahead and finish calling out some of the items that i have here on her awesome resume okay dr andy augustine billy joined centenary faculty of course in 2015 after earning her phd in french language and literatures with a certificate in women's gender and sexuality studies from washington university in st louis for those of us listening, that's the 314, y'all. That's right, Missouri. All right. Her ongoing research interests and published scholarships include analysts on race, gender, and sexuality in French and Francophone, African and Caribbean literature, okay? Uh, Dr. Billy also co-teaches an immersed course uh, for centenary students examining the experiences of black Americans in Paris, okay, those Afro-Parisians, if I'm not mistaken, as part of the College of Centenary in paris program okay also uh this awesome scholar uh, she teaches a yearly may module course in haiti that's right and for those who again who are just now listening haiti pretty much is the patriarch of the western hemisphere when it comes to or the matriarch when it comes to freedom from colonialism all right haiti was the first country and it led the way and showed us how to do it uh, as westerners over here this side of the world so a shout out to the island nation of haiti uh, in the house okay so again but back to this awesome resume uh where she grew up And of course she's a of course a double a dual citizen is, if you will from haiti and the united states all right she, of course uh professor um was a daughter of uh, missionaries her publications have appeared in of course post medieval a journal of medieval cultural studies and the journal of haitian studies and of course M I F L C review. All right, Dr. Uh, Billy Billy, of course, serves as the, uh, file, and I'll go ahead and say that right. It's consortium of Louisiana colleges and universities as it is a member of the editorial board of Les Editions, And I believe she can correct me on our uh, pronunciation. de modest a centenary college of Louisiana, a heritage language press that introduces and reacquaints, uh, readers to the remarkable literature of Louisiana. Dr. Augustine Billy loves to travel and of course, has been to 25 countries so far. Now this could be outdated, but I'll let a professor, uh, if I stand corrected, she can go ahead and set me on the right path. But without further ado, we want to welcome, okay, this world-class scholar, this awesome mother and wife to Keeping It 100. Hey, Dr. Abe.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: (laughs) I'm doing better now. Definitely, we have you on and we've got the whole show. But um, we're honored to have you on this call here at Arkansas Baptist College's Buffalo Radio. We, we just want to say thank you.
2: No, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, giving me um, another opportunity to talk to you about issues that matter, about issues that um, impact our lives. Um, and also thinking through possibilities and, and solutions, right, and how we can uh, contribute to, to making our society a little better and I want to um personally say hello to all your listeners and to tell them that I'm really excited that they have tuned in and hopefully we'll you know they'll they'll learn something yes. from our experience today.
1: Yes, yes. I am so elated and definitely uh, you are celebrated. And um yes. So uh Dr. Abe, let the listeners know here, keeping it one hundred Give us some more details about um, about your your background that I didn't mention uh, before or that we can't find on a regular Google search <laughs> tell us
2: <laughs> I think like if you were to google me right now, a lot of the stuff uh, that is uh, on me is about my historic tenure right, right. the fact that I am the first uh, black woman the, I'm sorry the first black person right. Uh, to have gotten tenure at Centenary uh, in their nearly 200 years of existence. So most of the stuff that is on me uh, out there, I mean, that is on Google, is is about that stuff. Um, But I would say without delving into, because I'm also a very private person, that's Mm -hmm. that's on that on social media, but my travels... uh, you mentioned 25 countries. Yes, so far, uh, 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 I've been to 25 countries. I love to travel. Um, I get the opportunity to travel with Centenary students every year mm-hmm. to Paris um, and to, to Haiti. Um, but if there was something that I would most likely emphasize, the fact that I, I, I find so much joy and, and so much passion um in and transformation in traveling it it's a it's a humbling experience it's a learning experience and i always come back a better person so that's why i'm always i'm always looking for opportunities to to go out of the united states and 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 learn and yes. learn about what's what's out there and also learning about myself
1: wow wow now I'm just piggybacking off of your energy and what you said. And again, mm-hmm. to the listeners, I'm speaking to the world famous world-class Dr. Abe out of Centenary College. Now you said 25, ma'am, you said 25. Give us just a fraction. Give us a fraction of those. <laughs> now we know Haiti, we know France. Of course, those two are given, but that's 23 others, Professor. So let us know just a few of the others.
2: Okay, some few others. So in the Caribbean, I've been in the Dominican Republic. I've been in the Bahamas. I lived in Puerto Rico. Um, I've been to Cuba three times. In Europe, in Africa, I've been to uh, Senegal. I've been to Tunisia, which is in North Africa. Uh, In Europe, I've been, uh, uh, you mentioned France, right? Um, Germany. Italy, Spain, Luxembourg, uh, Belgium, Monaco. (laughs) Um, And I am super nervous, so I don't know. uh, My mind hasn't gone blank, but I literally did a list. Switzerland, I don't even know whether I've mentioned Switzerland. But I have been, I have traveled a lot. And I hope to travel this summer I don't know what's going to happen with the with this new variant. Right. Um, But my husband is French, but he is originally from Gabon, uh, which is near Cameroon. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been married for seven years and I've I've not met his family uh, Mm -hmm. who lives in Africa and and my students uh, sorry, my children have not met their 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 grandparents and stuff And, and we're hoping to go to Gabon in, um, in, um, in the summer. And like I said, Cameroon is right there. Equatorial Guinea is like also right there. And I'm hoping that I could add two more countries to my okay. list. Um, so next time we talk, you might be more than 25.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Well, look, folks, I mean, this is awesome. We're going to take our first commercial break, and we'll be right back with Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 with Dory, and we'll be back with Dr. Abe in a few seconds.
0: Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $500 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. I have on the other line here, Dr. Augusta Billy. Now, of course, Dr. Abe is what they call her, what her students call her, and she is one of my contemporaries, and uh, she has just got finished telling us that she's been to uh, 25 countries, globally speaking. Now, for those uh, scholars keeping total and keeping track of that, that's... uh, i think it's 195 countries so she's been to about 13 percent of god's green earth she's been to 13 percent at least of the world's surface y'all so that's off the chain as my <laughs> students will say and uh definitely uh, we all know that haiti and uh, america and france uh, is in her heart and uh, shout out to uh, her husband as well and her awesome family but let's go ahead and move forward with these questions because again we've got some things we want to talk about and, and i love having conversations with uh, scholars and of course i can learn a whole lot from dr abe and you know of course her walks and what she's uh, known to do of course not just in english but in french and also and of course the great state of louisiana the pelican state so here we go that's right y'all i lived down there for seven years <laughs> so moving forward um we've got uh, you know tell me just a little bit dr abe about um you know i mentioned you had said your your family your, your of course your husband and uh, your children, and just in your downtime, what are some of the hobbies that you all like to do uh, to get our uh, students here at Arkansas Baptist and of course our listening audience just a chance to know you outside of the Scholastic Front. Just give us a little bit about your family and your children, your husband, your downtime, and your hobbies. What do you like to do?
2: I'm a nerd. I'm (laughs) a nerd. So downtime involves a book. Okay. Um, I love romance novels. Um, whenever I'm I'm done with the semester, I always like going to the library, my local library, and just check out a bunch of women's novels. That way, I don't have to to read dense stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I get tremendous joy out of that. And I also love nature. I love being outdoors. Okay.
3: Um,
2: so I love I love to walk. I love to go to the park to parks and um and stuff um I, i'm still i feel i can explore the state a little bit more mm-hmm. i haven't really been out in some of the you know um cities that are like in the south um i haven't i've been to arkansas i think we, we have talked about that like one time okay. hot springs right mm-hmm. um but I would have. But with children, it's, it's so much harder to travel on the weekend because they're just not good um, company, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Got you, got you. But uh, but uh, speaking of family, I have uh, so my husband Emmanuel, and um, we met uh, eight years ago
3: mm-hmm.
2: on a plane. It was, uh, we were going to to Paris, Mm -hmm. um, and we were not sitting next next to each other, because typically when I tell people that I met my husband on the plane, we're like, were you guys sitting next to each other? I'm like, no, we're not sitting next to each other. Uh, It was his first visit to America, and I was going to Paris to study, um, and we met, uh, we started talking by the lavatories like an hour before we landed, and that was January 10th um and by december we were engaged because i was staying in europe for like six months okay um we were engaged in december and then the kids uh, well he had a he has uh he had a daughter so i have a stepdaughter who is 20 who is going to be 21 in july but um i have two boys uh, together in a marriage we have two boys Uh, joshua is five and then um jordan is one and jordan is a tornado he is very very active. Oh my goodness, he keeps me on my toes. He is a ball of energy. Um, he's the Marvel fan, but, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and Joshua is Joshua is the one who is into Hulk. Like he loves Hulk, and he's like harassing me to get him a Hulk thing. Um, but yes. I'm trying to uh, not fit into the consumerism. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whatever my kid asks. give it you know to give it to him because i don't want to raise an entitled child nor do i want to feed into the consumerism that i think we struggle here in america Mm -hmm. um Mm. but both of my kids uh at home uh we speak french we only speak french and my kids uh joshua who is five and he's verbal jordan not because he's he's not even two yet but he he speaks fluent french and fluent english
1: awesome awesome definitely so uh shout out to josh and jordan and of course we'll hawk up a little bit later and uh definitely definitely okay dr Have here we go now how did you become faculty at centenary of course not just myself and my contemporaries listening but you know people in louisiana philly st louis how did you get to uh the school that's nearly 200 years old in uh rural i guess shreveport the area of louisiana how did you get there
2: I um so it was uh, my last year in grad school, and I was applying for jobs. Um, So I saw the ad in the uh, MLA uh, listing uh, job listings, and the name of the college um, I found it interesting uh, because uh, in centenary it it Mm -hmm. refers to a hundred, right? I was like, what? That's weird of a name, centenary.
3: Right.
2: Um, and also Louisiana and how they have all Louisiana attached to to the name. So I found the name kind of like interesting. Um, and I read further and I, and I noticed that it was a, a a small liberal arts college. Um, I went to a small, well, it's a lot bigger than Centenary, but it was, it was, it, it wasn't like, you know, a big, big school. Um, in Tennessee. And in fact, it was there that I discovered that I was black. I had no idea that I was black. Uh, (laughs) I I, (laughs) let let me explain what I mean by that. Um, (laughs) When you grow up or when you are born and you kind of grow up in a black country, Mm -hmm. your race is not being thrown in your face or you, you know, your race is not weaponized Okay. right, right. Um, in fact the way I grew up I had a very strong sense of who I was um, as a Haitian person um, because not only we study Haitian history we memorize Haitian history students uh, little kids who are learning like in elementary school and in in a uh, uh, middle school they Memorize the entire Haitian. It's like a book, and you memorize it. Um, so I I knew Haitian history by heart. Um, so we we grew up very secure in who we are as 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 Haitians. Mm-hmm. But Haitian for us is not a race. Haitian for us is a nationality, right? Um, so when I came, when I went to Tennessee, <laughs> I discovered, and then. When when, we would, when I would, because I kind of grew up in, in between uh, Haiti and, and New York, like we would go to New York, mm-hmm. you know, you were just, you know, an immigrant. or you, you, you had an accent, but everybody had an accent because everybody came from somewhere. Right. But it wasn't until I went to Tennessee that my race got thrown into my face in, in such a dramatic way that I was like, oh, that's what it means to be black. And that's what it means to be Black in America, mm. what it means to be Black in the South. So that's, that's another story. But anyways, mm-hmm. so um, I had a very good experience uh, at the university where I was, and I've always wanted to teach, and I've always wanted to teach at a liberal arts college. So I uh, came for a campus visit, and I liked the vibe of the school, um, and I accepted their offer when they made the offer um, but I did not know that uh, six years later when I came up for tenure and I eventually earned tenure that I would be the first black or that I was the first black person right. to have that in tenure. That I did not know when I came in. Wow.
1: Wow. And, and you know, I was thinking of uh, a friend of mine who he's from Nigeria but he's been here for like 30-some years, but I haven't seen him in a while, and he listens to the show. He's actually in Houston, and I'm not sure if you're okay. familiar with Houston has a large Nigerian-American population in Houston, and they do so in Michigan as well, but he was telling me a similar story, and a shout out to mm-hmm. Ike, that's who I'm talking about, Ike Nufu. Um he was just telling me a story that's similar to yours, uh, professor, and it's about how, mm-hmm. you know, in in Nigeria, you know, of course, you know, the issue of, of color and it's, and it's I call it ethnicism or rather racism it, it's everywhere it's a global phenomenon we all know right. it's not just in America, right. but at the same time when you have a nation that's similar to Haiti and most of the people, the overwhelming population is is from the same color uh, you don't hear right. too much of uh, the, the colorism a whole lot but um that's just something yeah yeah yeah
2: in Haiti, in Haiti what I um, realized very early on when I was little, um, my mom is, is light skinned Mm -hmm. and my dad is dark skinned. Um, I realized very early on, I began to observe that when my mom went somewhere, especially in the capital, when, when she would go somewhere because Mm -hmm. Haiti is very centralized. Um, it's not like in America where, you know, pretty much every state is independent. Uh, um, in Haiti, uh, your department, your motor vehicles will be in the capital. Uh, in order for you to go have your passports done, you'll have to go to the capital. Everything is centralized in the capital. So we would leave uh, the south to go into the capital like four hours away to get business done. Um, and so I, I realized whenever my mom was was going into an administrative building to conduct business, that two things worked for her: mm-hmm. uh, her skin color, the fact that she was lighter, and also when she used French, because in in, in Haiti there are two languages. It's, you know, people speak French and people speak Creole. But when you really, 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 really <laughs> look at it, Creole is the dominant language uh, because French is spoken only by people who've gone to school. Mm -hmm. And you have to have done a lot of schooling in order for you to speak French really, really well. But there is, you know, your ability to speak French and how well you speak French puts you in a certain class. And then um, your skin color also. uh, People look at you favorably. And then my dad, though he was dark skinned because he was a pastor, and he often wears, uh, you know, like a you know a blazer or something like that, then people would think that like he's an important person. And then he, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how well he was dressed. Right. Um, so very early on, when I was little, I would look at those social dynamics and, and how and how people are able to to navigate faces and 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 find favor. There could be a long line, but my mom comes in and then people serve her immediately. Right. Um, so things like that. Anyways, okay we I'm things.
1: Well <laughs> well we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Doctor Abe on keeping it one hundred.
0: Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 25 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see On campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: welcome back to keeping it 100 of course uh here on buffalo radio and of course i'm having an awesome conversation with the one and only dr abe and her of course full name is andia augustine billy a tenure professor associate professor in centenary college in the shreveport area in uh, louisiana of course uh we're just talking about just some of the complexities that has to do with uh skin color and, and this is what i found dr abe i'm looking at my notes here And the date Mm -hmm. reads, November the 4th, 2021, my source is NPR, and the headline reads, Latinos find that darker skin hurts their chances of getting ahead, comma, a study says, quote unquote. Now, I'm looking at a picture here, (laughs) and uh, of course, you know, it's sad, but that's that's pretty much uh, the reality, and it's a reality check for some people. And uh, I think there was another movie that came out in the midst of COVID where... It was uh, a block, not a blockbuster, but it was centered basically on, um, I think in the streets of New York, where you have all types of people of various ancestries and nationalities and, and ethnicities. And that's like a melting pot, but they only showed uh, light skinned uh, or I guess the Caucasian slash European side of the Latino uh, family and not the Afro Latinos. And so, of course, folks were offended by it, but but this kind of speaks to that and what you're saying, you know uh, you know kind of rings a similar bell
2: yeah, it, it, it's a big um, it's a big issue, and that's part of the reason, for instance, uh, the Dominican Republic in Haiti have you know had many tensions um, around the issue of race if you look at, the documentary Uh that um, Uh uh, Professor Henry Louis Gitts Jr. did on um, Black in America um, and uh, in the Americas, I think, Uh and he did a segment uh, where he analyzed Haiti and how Afrocentric Haiti Uh has is and has been and, and how the Dominican Republic uh, they, they do not embrace the African side of them. And it just so happened, it's it's unfortunate. It's Mm like, you know, uh, ironic in a way, but uh, it just so happened that that the Dominican Republic is the only country in Latin Latin America that didn't gain their independence from Spain. but They gained their independence from Haiti Mm -hmm. because Haiti, um, occupied them for, 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 for decades. Mm -hmm. but they 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 have this this anxiety about skin color um and uh, around the fact and and i would say all of that is residue Mm -hmm. from communalism right this this and we see it also to in very um through various degrees also in america Mm um but it's it's quite prevalent uh, in, the, in the Latino uh, community mm-hmm. where basically Afro-Latinos are erased um, and they get called, you know, their, their Latinidad get, call, get called into question because they do not, uh, you know, uh, 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 um, for instance, if you're watching uh, a telenovela in Univision or you're watching it in uh, Telemundo, you would hardly ever see a a, a dark skinned person right. as a as a in a prominent role. Right. You right? wouldn't think um, there were any
1: you wouldn't think that there any uh Afro anything in, in the Latin world looking at the shows. <laughs> and that's true. That that speaks I mean I'm glad you brought that up and I wanna definitely uh minimize this because and I and I thought about it when you were speaking it to me, Professor, I was thinking about how even in the African-American experience in this country. There's a color line behind the color line. You got light-skinned African-Americans and dark-skinned African-Americans that have uh, disagreements based off of just that premise, skin tone and skin color. And again, it goes back to, like you said, uh, colonialism, but I think we're gonna have a great conversation on that (laughs) a little bit later, but uh, definitely um, I wanna be able to to, to pick that one back up. So, So here we go. Now, since your arrival in the U.S., what is your perception of black males, not just in your class, but also in the mm-hmm. community that you live in? Uh, just for in general, and I say that because, um, you know, this is the only show that we know on record in America that talks about this sinister topic, it seems, and I try to etch and bring in positive stories and try to keep a balance. But, you know, so mm-hmm. much grief and so much drama, and we all mm-hmm. know in the black community, drama leads to trauma. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like it's a part of our DNA. Like we mentioned, I think the term was epigenetic. At some point, I mm-hmm. mentioned last week with our uh, guest, uh, who who's a, a medical professional. But but again, just mm-hmm. on that question, you know, for you, since you arrived in the U.S., you know, what's your perception mm-hmm. as a scholar, a, a, as a you know, as a faculty member, and that's with maybe at Centenary or anywhere else. Just with black males in your class or in your neighborhood, what's your perception?
2: Um, I mostly have black male students in my Paris Noir okay. uh, class, which is the class that we do in Paris. Um, I have had very, 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 very few black students speak in French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we right. need to talk about that. We really need to talk about that. Right. But right. Um, they, they do not pick up languages. Um, as much, and um, even fewer uh, uh, black male students. Mm-hmm. So my encounter was uh, so uh, they tend to fit a certain you know uh, uh, type, right? St. Uh, Mary's uh, demographics is uh, I believe over 50% of our student population, and we're, we're small. But I, I want to say over 50% of our population is um, they do sports; they're athletes. Okay. So uh, uh, the the, male, the black male students who are in my in, in my classroom um, uh, who are taking classes with me, they tend to be basketball players, uh, baseball and lacrosse
1: players. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and I think that's a that's a lot of places. Uh, and I mean to cut you off. Even here, you know, our enrollment has skyrocketed. And and the major factor behind that professor was extracurricular activities like sports. And Mm -hmm. um, you know, I Mm -hmm. always ask them one question and it took me about Mm -hmm. six or seven years before I picked up on it. But I asked them this one question that's like during, we have a a post orientation in my class. After they have their regular orientation, I give them another phase of orientation just to make Mm -hmm. sure we're all on the same page. And I always ask them one question, professor. I say, hey, what do you wanna do what is your goal in life? Like, what is your lifelong goal? And a lot of the guys tell me that most of them look like me, African-American males. Not all of them, but most of them say, I want to play a professional sport. Now, mm-hmm. I always tell them, okay, that's most NFL players, average course of their career is three or four years. Same thing mm-hmm. with NBA, three or four years. Unless you're a Tom Brady or unless you're, you know, a Jerry Rice that was a receiver for... 15 years, or now LeBron James, who's been uh, a 25 point average for 18 years straight. That's some other planet stuff. Michael Jordan didn't do that. Carl Malone didn't do that. They did it for 11 years. But LeBron James has been playing basketball for almost 19 years and averaging 25 points for almost 20 years. That's unheard of. So, and it, but so, what I'm saying that is, is that I try to tell them. Sports is good. That's great, but that's a short-lived career. You're going to be retired at thirty-one, twenty-eight. You're going to be done. So my question was, what's your lifelong goal? And I've noticed that here at ABC, that um, you know, a lot of times some of our students don't have those blocks in place, and that's where we come in. And so I'm I'm just assuming it could be like that. The same at Centenary with some of the African American scholars, the males that is, as well.
2: Yeah, it is. It it, it is. Um. I, we have a problem with retention mm-hmm. uh, because you know they come they come for sports and it breaks my heart because I I, I feel like and I saw it I saw it when I was in undergrad mm-hmm. and how the black athletes... because I was a tutor uh, I I tutored uh, in French and Spanish when I was when I was in undergrad I saw how much leeway and how accommodating they would be to the athletes because they were playing sports. Uh, they would excuse their behaviors. They would, they would not really uh, be strict on them academically. Um, and I see some of that with the students coming in, the black male students are athletes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel they could be more prepared. Uh, some of them lack preparation. Some of them struggle with reading. Uh, they complained a lot last year, uh, this year about, oh my gosh, we have to read a, we have to read a re- book, Dr. Abby, we have to read a book. I'm like, yes, you have to read a book and it's college and you're going to have to read more than one book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but to me, it shows that they are, they are being disserviced somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by having that fixation on sports, which is short-lived and not enough uh, preparation academically, which can take them farther. Um, once you know they're injured, they can play, or once you know what I mean, you, mm-hmm. things happen where they may not continue in sports anymore. Right. Uh, so my 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 perception in interaction with uh, black male athletes has been has been that it's been around encouraging them just like you have been doing to see beyond the sport now i might have one or two uh for instance i have a cinema and he's doing french and doing neuroscience mm-hmm. right um but that's very rare right,
3: right. <laughs>
2: that's, that's that's rare right. uh, but you have you have a very very i feel like that number should be Increasing, it should be growing. There should be a lot more black males in STEM. There should be a lot more uh, black males doing, you know, literatures and, and why not? Um, right. But we, we, we I think, sport, they've been pigeonholed um, in, in that or, or the way it's been sold to them or marketed to them, that they put all their baskets. I mean, all their eggs in that sport basket, Right. and at any point, it it can just you know they can drop it, and all their eggs are broken.
1: And if it's so not there, so there should
2: be some awareness, uh, I believe, in that area uh, where they can see possibilities and and beyond beyond. Again, I'm not condemning sports. I'm not right, um, but it, it should not be, it shouldn't be in uh, all in all. Absolutely not.
1: And, and it seems like that's how it's structured not just in higher ed but you know just right. you know a lot of the funds go towards go towards that and uh you know of course we're both on the same page and that leads me into my next question and, and of course um you know we know that you and what you do but also centenary college are protective factors to all students in particular black males and you made a point earlier you said something that, that struck a nerve with me about um you know as far as a uh, black male speaking french i think i met two of my whole life and they were at Gramlin state university they were students mm-hmm. from uh formerly colonized african countries that were of course uh colonies of france and of course they were bilingual in that capacity and uh they yeah. did a great job of course top top world-class scholars and doing great things now but um mm-hmm. definitely um i'm thinking in the future that i will see a program coming down the pike where Dr. Abe has a program where African-American males are speaking French. <laughs> I can see that. Definitely.
2: I can see it. You, yep. No, I, I am, I am that serious about this. I was looking at, um, Xavier university because I received uh, a note from a handwritten note from the president of Xavier university, um, con- congratulating me on, on my tenure. Um, and i was so excited i was like oh my gosh let me go look at um you know their their you know their programs and i looked Mm -hmm. at french and man it's dominated they didn't have a lot of french and this is this is south louisiana Mm -hmm. um and i and you know it dawned on me a lot of people do not know this and it's a shame yes but not only Africa is, you know, French is getting ready to be one of the most prominent languages. Um, I, I think this in by 2050, like it's going to surpass,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, uh, it, it's going to dominate.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and the reason why is because of Africa.
3: Yep. Uh, yep.
2: Because there are so many French speaking uh, countries in Africa, and Africa is growing, Africa is prime. For, for expansion for economic growth and French is speak in, is spoken there I believe there's it. that. I believe there's it. also the historical ties that tie us so you know for instance here in Louisiana with Haiti with um, with uh, uh, the continent and um, literature many people don't know that but um, you know um, many Afri- many Creoles of color, uh, who have contributed so much, um, you know, to to American literature? They've contributed so much to to making Louisiana what it is, to making the United States what it is. Yes. They, they were they were they were written by creoles of color, and those creoles of color they spoke French, they spoke French, and and that history should be embraced by HBCU, uh, by by the HBCUs of of, of, of this country, and. Um, there is a wealth a wealth of literature that is understudied under examined yes. uh, in french that was written by by uh, author, uh, uh, you know playwrights and and, and uh, uh, fiction writers who yes. are who are creoles of color and that's our history yeah we don't we don't know that history because we think french is not for us right,
1: right? and i, I, I want to say this language. too we are, and you, and you can, we are global Franco influencers, and, and people need to realize that we are global uh, Franco influencers, and, and, and of course, you're one of them, Professor. And, and so I, right. I commend you for it, and definitely uh, any role that I can play uh, you know, in the future, just let me know, I'm, I'm hands on deck. And uh, I think I got maybe one more question before we have our closing remarks for you and okay. that is of course centenary college has centenary partnered with any community investors in the shreveport area just like wraparound services uh, to your knowledge that are in the communities that are underserved underprivileged
2: um i know they do um uh there are partnerships and collaborations with with various uh, um um Community investors, especially in business, mm-hmm. but we can always do better. Um, for instance, uh, our biology department—I know they go out in uh, local uh, local schools. They also do community service in okay. various areas. But then there is that perception, right? That okay. scenario is not for everyone, and so I think we need to do a better job at either. Depending where we go, uh, where we collaborate, mm-hmm.
3: um,
2: or um, make it, or you know, uh, invite people to campus, um, you know, where they can see how we can we can better collaborate. For instance, today there was one student who who was talking to my colleague and I. Um, huh. She's a French student and she's interested okay. in uh, going to middle schools and right, teaching right. French um okay. where they, they don't have French or even if they have French to, to help the French teachers. Okay. And so the students they want to do things. Right. And and I think we as faculty and administrators we should follow their examples and and, exactly. and really be more present in the community. We can always, yes. always do a better job.
1: Yes, definitely and, and, and definitely with our closing remarks we want to say thank you for Doctor Abe and what you're doing and what you're what you've done in the past, what you're doing now, and what you're gonna do in the future, uh, we're all in the same team. And uh, just wanna give some closing remarks. How can people reach out to you? Do you have a, a website or email address or a public phone number where they can see what you're doing to keep up with you?
2: Yeah, they can go to uh, centenary.edu. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: and um, from there, they can just type my name um, and then they can find me um I have a uh page but I think it's EDU slash dr abe is a a as an apple B as an um boy okay um that's my page but they can always google google my name and okay. the sitting will will pop up
1: awesome well we are honored to have you on the show and for those who reach out to me I will connect them to you dr India. so again yes, we thank that you great Yes, ma'am. We appreciate all your remarks. And again, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. We're going to bring you back to the show in the future. So God bless you, your family. God bless Centenary College. And be blessed. And of course, we always keep it 100. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Talk to you soon. And thank you for the opportunity.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Dory, the show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.